I asked our guest, Halal Chami, to pound the table for someone this offseason. Halal, who you pounded the table for? The same guy I always <laughs> pound the table for. Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, Brandon Cooks. Ah, I love it. I wow. love it. What, what do you like about Brandon Cooks in Dallas? He's a perennial undervalued wide receiver. And he's a competitor who wants to compete this year, which is why I think he had a lackluster year. So it's your chance to buy low and get him on your fantasy football squads. All right. Well, I love it. I love it. Uh, former Oregon State great. So I'm excited about that. Go get you some Brandon Cooks. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me is my phenomenal co-host, Jen Akins. Jen, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm feeling good. I'm loving the, uh, you know, warmer weather. We're getting closer to school out, which makes me very happy because I can sleep past six uh, for a couple months. <laughs> that makes me, honestly, like, sadly, that is what I'm, I'm looking most forward to. School getting out, not having to pack lunches, all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I'm doing well. Um, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I uh, We were uh, out of town all weekend, driving all day today, but I'm excited today. We get to, uh, this week, talk to uh, our friend Halal Chami about zero running back strategy. Uh, Halal's my favorite person to talk to about zero running back strategy. When I think zero running back, I specifically think of Halal. It's like a, it's like one of those uh, Rorschach tests, right? Like, immediately <laughs> see zero running back. I start seeing mid-round running backs, and just Halal pops into my head. Uh, go follow Halal on Twitter, at HJChami, C-H-A-M-I. Uh, hello. Great to speak with you again. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. Uh, as a Panthers fan, I'm a part-time Panthers fan, and I know you're a Panthers fan. Just got to quickly get your take on Bryce Young and this new Panther offense. How, how bullish are you this season? All right. So you said quickly, so I can't actually give you my full opinion oh, on this. Take but... your time, buddy. We're here. <laughs> take, take your time. time. You're good. All right. So when I first became a Panthers fan, no, I'm kidding. All right. So uh, Anthony Richardson is basically the archetype of player that I've always been a huge fan of. Um, I like athletic profiles. I was a huge fan of Cam Newton and Bryce Young is the exact opposite of that. He's the antithesis <laughs> of everything I would ever want in an NFL player on my team. Um, but I like being wrong as much as I like being right because I get to learn something. So I'm hoping Bryce Young can prove me wrong. I think the offensive lines under rated i think that the receiving core is getting better despite losing dj Moore. um i think that they made a terrible trade up and they made the most of it afterwards by taking bryce young and just beefing up in positions they could i like the hayden Hurst signing um i like the andy dalton signing um, one thing i did want to say is that if bryce young starts over andy dalton that's a huge deal to me because andy dalton is a incredibly efficient if you go to like pro football focus and look at how good he actually was um his interceptions weren't even really his fault most of the time um and he's an incredibly efficient leader i think as well and if bryce young starts over him then i will be very happy because i'm hoping that means he beat him in practice but we'll see Ah, I, I like this. I'm excited. I, I want this to work out well. I'm with you. I'm a little concerned about the uh, athleticism, but I want you to be wrong too, my friend. Uh, hi, Chavis Beard. Thank you for joining us. Uh, fun fact, Bryce Young can't grow a beard. Got to enjoy that fun fact. Uh, correct. He is like, 
you know, everyone's like 16 to me nowadays. I'm getting old now. I'm in my 40s they, now. So all these players, they all look like 16-year-olds to me. So that they makes do. Sense. Hey, Brandon, I got a question before we keep rolling. Sure. Are you, are you drinking a Guinness? Oh, no. This is a uh, Nebula Oat Stout from oh. Block 15. And, it looked uh, like when you had it flipped, it was tall. And yeah. I was like, ooh. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't I don't get any money from Block 15, but uh, Block 15 is is my favorite beer. It's it's phenomenal. Everything they make is phenomenal. They're, they're in Corvallis. Um, so if you're getting Brandon Cooks and you're already thinking about Oregon State, Block 15 beer is in Corvallis, Oregon, where Oregon State University is. So, yeah, um, if you like beer and you can get Block 15, it's fantastic. So uh, <laughs> it's a little hot for a stout, but not not a not a Block 15 stout. Always good. Jen. Yes. Matt Ryan, uh, when you're thinking about drinking, um, you have to think Matt Ryan probably did a lot of drinking over the past year. Uh, he, he has left the league for CBS, but doesn't say he's retiring. Jen, uh, does this surprise you at all that Matt Ryan couldn't find a job this year? Uh, no, uh, not really. I think there's uh, a bunch of, you know, rookies that uh, were appealing. And I, and I think that a lot of teams, I mean, the thing is, it's one of those things where, you know, you look at him and Carson Wentz, like those guys, they may, you know, may end up getting jobs later. You know, sometimes, you know, a team is under their third quarterback and they have to find someone. They may pull them out of the booth at some point. I mean, think about last year, uh, the Dolphins. You know, they lost Tua. They lost Teddy. That You know, they were down to, I don't even remember the guy's name. Skylar uh, Thompson. Yes. Didn't he get hurt too, though? And didn't they have? Maybe not. But either way, he may end up getting a job. But I'm not super surprised because he kind of sucked last year. He so, was bad. He was really, the, it, it, it fell off a cliff quick. I kind of thought like Arizona might come out there and be like, Hey, just in case Kyler Murray isn't ready to go week one, bring in somebody like Matt Ryan, but maybe that's like the Carson Wentz spot. I don't know. Um, Halal, are you excited about Matt Ryan not being in the league after, since you're a Panthers fan? I assume there's yes. sort of Matt Ryan. Iron. Mostly because I was worried he would come to Carolina and I get to relive that with his former coach. <laughs> I'm so thankful we have Andy Dalton over him. <laughs> Andy very Dalton, different. Andy Dalton is a very confident player. Like that I know that sounds like a bad thing. Not many Andy people Dalton would but... say, by the yeah. way. I'm happy we have Andy Dalton over X. That's Sorry, I didn't true. mean to cut you off there, Brandon. That's okay. But Matt Ryan, it, I, it's very fair. He was horrendously bad last year. But uh, but I wish I wish uh, Matt Ryan all the best at CBS. I hope he uh, has a, a a very fruitful, very nice career there as a broadcaster. Uh, and I'm also anxious anxious to drop him off my dynasty roster that I've just been holding him on there just in case. So uh, <laughs> uh, let's go. Let's talk zero running back. I, I know most people probably know what zero running back is, but just in case, uh, Halal, can you just kind of describe what the zero running back strategy is in fantasy football? Uh, zero running back strategy has multiple variations, but the general consensus is there are many unpredictable parts of this fantasy game we play and the most easily replaceable position is the running back position after the fragility hits. And so I've had a lot of issues in the past trying to replace a starting wide receiver with a backup wide receiver on the same team. You don't really have that same issue. You get like at least 60 to 75% production, even if they're not as talented, you're kind of taking talent out of the equation and focusing on situation. Um, so if a running back one goes down, let's not curse anyone here, but let's say Jonathan Taylor goes down and you happen to have his backup um, and you happen to also have Justin Jefferson and a few other wide receivers on your team, you're going to outperform the Jonathan Taylor team um, by default, just from that strategy there. Um, so 
I actually run an experimental league called Battle Zero, um, where we do six rounds of only wide receiver, or only running back, or actually technically you can still draft quarterbacks and tight ends, but no wide receiver or no running back, depending on which division you're in. And we do six rounds, but but zero running back can be four rounds, five rounds, six rounds, seven rounds. Some people go the whole draft and goes truly zero running back in like Scott Fishbowl and whatnot, and then just grind the waivers after that and try to pick up players that they can get points out of because points are points no matter where they come from. So four rounds, that's the that's the minimum right there, right? So if you if you draft someone in the third round, you didn't go zero running back. Is that correct? Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Yeah, that's a good okay. statement. Okay, so you kind of talked about why it's effective. It's that the hyper fragility and the harder to replace a wide receiver. Uh, I'm curious, is this still is this still the case with the fact that there's so few uh, running back situations that are like bell cows? You know, it used to be, I feel like it used to always be bell cows constantly and you'd get most teams had a running back that would get 20 plus touches. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Um, does that affect this strategy more so or less so is that i know this isn't on the show sheet but i'm just curious yeah, yeah. As well i mean i i have strong opinions on anything all the time so <laughs> uh with that change in the nfl come came our change in fantasy with half ppr and ppr so we sort of did this thing where we we saw standard not working back in the day we beefed up the receptions and then we never adjusted those back down. So like there's half PPR. That's like a little kind of in the middle there, but a lot of us play in PPR leagues and those backup running backs or pass catching running backs, like they're already getting points. Like if you're going to take a guy like Antonio Gibson and he's going to go off or let's use actually let's use JD McKissick. Cause he's more stuck in that role. If you're going to take him and he's going to get you 17 fantasy points because he has 10 catches and 70 yards that's 17 fantasy points that another running back doesn't have. And even if Brian Robinson goes down, those points are not absorbed by JD McKissick. They're going to go to the other running back. Um, so essentially it, it helps that the NFL has changed. If you know that a running back is not a running back is not a running back. If you know that they have different roles. And I had to learn that the hard way back in the day when I first started playing fantasy, that, if this guy goes down, it's not necessarily the running back two that gets all the carries. It might be the running back three and the running back two role stays the same. No, that makes sense. You know, that change of pace back or that pass blocking back or the pass catching back. A uh, couple chats here. Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening and joining us right now. Uh, Jamis Beard says that it may not be uh, the 20 plus, maybe because the talent is spread across. I think that makes sense to me. Uh, Davis Williamson said Skylar Thompson did get hurt in January. Absolutely correct. And uh, Zachary Murdoch, do you lean hero running back over zero running back? Hero running back would be if you take a running back in the first two rounds and then you wait a long time after that, basically anchoring your roster around uh, one key running back and then loading up on receivers. Otherwise, uh, Halal, your thoughts on hero running back versus zero running back? I think hero is closer to what I naturally do. Um, I'm most comfortable with taking a first round running back and then uh, basically ignoring the position the rest of the draft. Uh, and that's kind of embracing the fragility. So I don't even necessarily handcuff that running back. I just draft, you know, late round rookies that I think can take over the backfield by the end of the season. If I go here running back at the end of my draft. Okay. That makes sense. I, I think I'm kind of prone to do a little bit of that myself. Um, I'm curious redraft versus best ball, right? Cause right now we're kind of in best ball season. We're in a dynasty season. If you've got any dynasty uh, takes on zero running back, then I'm happy to hear those as well. Uh, does your strategy change? Do you care 
if you're doing a redraft versus best ball versus dynasty, then do you um, do you have a different approach when it comes to zero running back? Yeah, so best ball, I like to go for home run hitters. Um, so if there's a really fast running back and a good position to succeed, like I don't want to give away any future running back sleepers or anything targets, but like Devon A. Chain would be on my best ball team for sure. Nice. Whereas if I was playing in a redraft, I may not draft him because I don't know when to start him. And that's kind of true for a lot of different players that play that role. And then in Dynasty, I tend to handcuff more because in Dynasty, it's almost like you're just outlasting your opponent in a marathon more than just exploding and having a huge win. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, best ball, then redraft, then Dynasty as far as going for the the home run flex kind of play, I would say. Excellent. But you're still you still advocate the zero running back concept uh, yeah. as, as a viable strategy regardless of the format. Yeah, wide receivers are basically your bread and butter in Dynasty. They're going to outlast the running backs as far as lifetime and just the apex of their career. And then as far as getting value, you can get a post-apex running back like this year, Miles Sanders, on your Dynasty team cheap. But if you try to get A.J. Brown on the same Dynasty team, you're going to hella overpay. It's it's very true. I, I've been trying to acquire uh, C.D. Lamb, and it's been very difficult. I'm just gonna say, I haven't been able to acquire C.D. Lamb very much. Uh, I also, it's it, you know, you, you think love about C.D. Lamb, Brandon. I love C.D. Lamb, big C.D. Lamb fan. Uh, also, you know, you think about guys like like four years ago, Todd Gurley was was an elite dynasty running back, and then a year later, or really like three games later, he was done. Like just yeah. done. It's absolutely crazy. Um. I was wondering, uh, does this ever change for you draft position? So, like, if you're in a redraft league and you're drafting first versus fifth versus twelfth, uh, does your strategy change at all? Are you more likely to go hero running back or zero running back or or something different depending on where you're you're picking, or are you pretty much uh, steadfast in this strategy? I think that every draft depends on who I'm drafting with more than the position. So, if I'm pick one overall and I feel like going zero running back that day because I like to diversify the different builds I make. Uh, it would be like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase just to start it off. Those would be my top two. But if I'm pick three and those two guys are already gone, I start to wonder if I do want to go here running back and just put all my chips on Christian McCaffrey or even just YOLO B. John Robinson in because I want to enjoy the fantasy season. And, you know, having him on your team is like fun. You know, it's like bringing a three handed sword out in a in a video game. You can't use it unless you cheat to use it. You know, that's that was my analogy. <laughs> There's a game called Munchkin where the three handed sword gives you like a huge amount of attack, but you don't have three hands. So you need an additional cheat card or a third hand card to play it. And so Bijan is kind of that year's three handed sword. I love that. I, and Saquon Barkley was kind of that way as a rookie. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I I had a lot of Barkley that I had to overpay for because I wanted to have fun and enjoy the season. Also, Munchkin is a great game, and anyone should play Munchkin. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you have something, Jed? Did I cut you off? No, I was just you know how I'm 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 kind of the the only I'm the lone person on the on the I don't want to pay a lot for Robinson Hill. So I just said in theory because he's talking about how funny he is. I'm like, yeah, he has not played a snap in the NFL. <laughs> so we don't know that everyone is, you know, clamoring to draft this dude top five. And we don't even know, but I'm sure he's going to be fantastic and I will have no shares and I will be the only one um, without the three handed. I mean, I just saw a catch highlight video today and I just moved him up. Like I just couldn't <laughs> help mean, it. He was shirtless, I mean, by the way. That's a huge deal for me too. 
moving him up the rankings. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> the, the shirtless videos definitely te- seem to do it. That and the, yeah. uh, the the really short spandex where you see the thighs of the calves yep. and you see just how incredible the running back Overdrafted is. Overdrafted AJ Dillon again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Every time. Um, just curious when you when you're going into that zero running back, you're skipping obviously at least the first four rounds. You're skipping running back, and you said sometimes six. Uh, when are you targeting the onesie positions? Are you pretty much going after receivers, or are you taking your tight ends, taking quarterbacks in that span as well? I uh, I think that it depends on where the rest of the draft is going, but I do have like cut off probably around like T.J. Hawkinson range um, where. I do like Kyle Pitts this year because I think that um, that offense is going to be uh, catered to him, Drake London and B. John, and we'll just see what happens. Um, I And then, yeah, like TJ Hawkinson, but I'm not going to take uh, most, like I'm not going to reach on Kelsey or Andrews. They're just not the type I want to build in a zero running back team. Um, and sometimes I'll combo zero running back with elite quarterback or I'll go late round quarterback. Um, it kind of just varies based on who's available, what their receivers and schedule and offensive line are. Um, Cause there's some, I just won't draft and some, I will draft based on value. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, uh, you know, use your head basically, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, finally uh, on strategy, then we'll get into some actual targets and, and guys that you like this year. Uh, how many running backs do you roster with this strategy? Cause uh, you know, when I think of zero running back, especially best ball, but in both, I think, oh, well, I, if I'm not going early, then I might want as many darts as I can throw at it. Is that something that you think of, or or is, do you kind of stick to a normal amount of running backs on your roster? So I, I tend to do the first, let's say, six rounds or so, wide receiver, maybe throw a QB or tight end in there, and then hit running back maybe three times, and then go back to wide receiver, back to QB, tight end, whatever I need in the rest and for best ball, it's a little bit different where I'm going to take, I think, more running backs. But in redraft, I'm going to do the bare minimum two starters, maybe a sleeper backup if they slip like a rookie. And after that, go back to wide receiver and then use wide receiver as currency if it's a redraft league that allows trades and then use that to make my team better. OK, that that makes perfect sense. Um, You know, working the waiver wire is such an underrated aspect of of fantasy football we forget you know sometimes you win like i always think of peyton hillis as the the prototype for winning the waiver wire that year peyton hillis michael vick you could have won a league just off those guys mid-season pickups uh zachary burdock speaking of schedules do you care about bye weeks for your drafts do you deal with it as issues arise uh best ball obviously i pay attention to bye weeks if it's not best ball i don't care halal do you disagree i don't take bye week into account at all. I think from a min-max perspective, if you could stack everyone on the same bye week, you just take the one loss and you keep moving on at full force the rest of the league. Ah. So I just kind of use that as the extreme and then realize I shouldn't care and just just move on without the bye week taking like any effect on my team selection. I like that. There's some great research that that really backs that up that backs that strategy up as well that's uh that's come out over the past several years uh jen i sorry i've been uh i i've been ignoring you and i feel bad i don't it's mean right. to i just you. had a full-fledged coughing attack so like i wouldn't <laughs> be able to talk anyway <laughs> um how often do you employ a zero running back strategy jen i know that uh you're in those best ball lobbies you're doing stuff uh, how often do you go in Well, this season so far, I'd say I go more hero than zero. I don't know that I've gone full zero uh, this season yet. I may end up when it comes time for redraft, depending, but um, I'm definitely one that I would grab, you know, depending on where I am in the draft, grab McCaffrey, 
grab Eckler, whatever, and then just pound wide receiver for a while after. So um, that's kind of where I've been this year. Uh, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I've gone full zero yet. Um, but you know, there's a lot of options this year, uh, which is, you know, great. Um, as far as if you want to go, you know, either one of those things, um, which will lead us into our next segment here, which is, uh, you know, basically guys we want to target. So, um, all right. So the first question that I want to ask you, Halal is like, so which, which early non-running backs are you targeting? based on draft slots. So like, say you're in the first, like four picks, say you're in the middle, say you're in the end, like, who are you going for? Are you, I know you already said earlier that you're not going for Kelsey. You're not going to overpay for him. Um, so I mean, are you kind of just with the norm where you're going Jefferson chase Diggs? you know, th- basically the, the standard, or yeah. do you have something else that you are implied or, you know, Sorry. I don't have like a, a wild, you right. know, wide well, receiver. I know in Scott Fishbowl, you go wild. You're known. Well, for yeah, going that's, wild. That's Scott Fishbowl. Right. I mean, I'm right. going to win it one day with the most like ludicrous draft ever. It's it's coming. It could be this year actually. It could it could be. So yeah. So I, so basically, you stick to you know normal ADP uh, in in the earlier rounds. Yeah, I might move CD Lamb up eventually. I think that um not not to you know. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm here. here. Come on back. Come back anytime. But, <laughs> but the more I think about the Dallas Cowboys offense and adding Brandon Cooks. Like like and maybe a healthy Michael Gallup this year, and just leaving CD Lamb as open as possible, and no more Schultz. I mean, it. I might move CD up to like wide receiver three overall at that point. I mean, it's probably like Jefferson, Chase, CD for me, then Diggs. I really want to buy back into Brandon Cooks. I just don't know that I can. Like. he killed me last year. I mean, I drafted him everywhere because no one was drafting him in Houston. You know, nobody. And I just, he absolutely uh, was like a lead balloon on every single team that I drafted him on. Um, yep. So I do, I, I do want to buy back in eventually, but uh, we'll see if I, uh, right now I don't think I have any shares, but I'm sure I'll get there uh, by, by the time I've drafted many more drafts. All right. So if, if we talk about the others now, what about your, so when you're going, who's your first, like your RB1 and RB2, whether you go with a hero or you decide to, you know, pick in rounds, you know, the dead zone, whatever, who are your personal targets that you're going for uh, running back wise? I, uh, I tweeted a while back that um, Samaj P. Ryan was the, the queen piece of the zero running back build for this year, but he was a little bit cheaper back then. And he's steadily been rising in ADP. But um, now there's reports that Javante Williams might be coming back, so he may drop yeah. down a little bit. Yeah, now. it was like like what yesterday that that happened. Yeah. So now he's like creeping back down again. And I actually use that as an opportunity to send a trade offer for P Ryan, hoping that that owner said, "Oh yeah, no, you can just take him. I don't want yeah. him anymore." Uh, I just don't see Javante Williams doing any better than J.K. Dobbins did, and and I fell for the J.K. Dobbins ruse. I believed in him when he was tweeting that he was just fine and he was going to kill it, and he did do well until he got hurt again. And that's what happens. They rush back. The only guy that rushed back that did well last year was really just Chris Godwin. Everyone else usually gets hurt again and it, it's a struggle. Um, but yeah, no, Samaj P Ryan would be my favorite. Um, and then if I can go a little bit earlier than him, it'd probably be David Montgomery. Um, I think that Jameer Gibbs already being questionable is actually a good start for David Montgomery. They said they're just holding him back for, for reasons, they're not giving us any details, but the Jameer Gibbs hype helped push David Montgomery down, and he's he's pretty damn good at catching the football as well, and people mm-hmm. don't realize that. 
No, I absolutely agree. You know, another one that I find kind of interesting is Najee Harris. Just, I feel like he's, you know, he's slid all the way. I'm not sure where he is right now. Uh, ADP wise. RB 14 right now. RB 14. He's oh, going, wow. pa- he's going just past Jameer Gibbs and Travis Etienne. And he's what, what's his ADP of 38. Okay. So actually he's, I, I think he's gone up a little bit. Cause he was like, I mean, he was like a fifth rounder for a while. And um, I found that kind of interesting. Cause I think he's, you know, I think he's one of those guys that could possibly be a post type sleeper. Um, you know, their O-line is better. Maybe he'll be a little better. Um, and he's maybe a guy that people can target um, if they're implementing that strategy as their RB1, if he slips to, you know, the fifth or sixth round. Um, anyone else that you are targeting, uh, you know, besides that kind of that first tier that you mentioned, anyone a little bit farther down, like, say, the, you know, Gibson, Robinson, Elijah Mitchell, like, are you into any of the, like that tier? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a list, actually. Oh. I was working on it today. Fire away. All right. So I broke it down into basically... What I like to look at is offensive line schedule competition and what I like to call smash weeks. So I look at like who their opponents are not, and it's not going to be a 100% success rate. Obviously they're the margin of error for predicting if a defense they're going to face is good is actually not amazing, but it's a good starting point for, for your strategy. Um, so David Montgomery was number one, Isaiah Pacheco came in number two, as far as, just having a good balanced offensive line and schedule. Um, And most of them have good smash weeks, except for like two weeks. So you might as well start them. You might bench them. Um, If they get injured, you know, the backup's going to have the same schedule and the same offensive line, Uh, maybe just slightly less talent, depending on what it is. Um, And then number three actually was Roshan Johnson. After that, A.J. Dillon. And then I noticed, I thought J.K. Dobbins' ADP was much higher than it is. When I looked up his current ADP, it was a lot lower than I expected. So he's actually a steal right now. And if Gus Edwards is healthier than Dobbins at any point, he's the, he's going to get those carries. And this is all assuming, you know, Lamar's not going to steal all the, the goal line touches. But they a lot of these are cheap enough that you can even pair them with Lamar or pair them with an elite quarterback and you're still going to get the upside. Um, And then I have what I called situational upside despite the offensive (laughs) line and schedule. And that's where Antonio Gibson came in. Yep. Uh, So like that's the Antonio Gibson role. I also put Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller in there. They're Mm -hmm. not the best offensive lines. They're not the best schedules, but the role they play and the opportunities they should have should be, uh, good enough to start on your team. Um, and then I also had Damian Harris in that tier as well, along with James Cook, depending on who wins that job or they play their own role separately. Um, and then after that, it's just handcuffs. Like if you want to take Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, Alexander Madison, that's a whole other tier of zero running back strategy. So you have your your underrated starters, your underrated secondary role, and then your handcuffs. That's how I kind of break down the zero running back that I'm going to pick. Since you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco, I just want to ask you about Jarek McKinnon because the Chiefs just brought him back. And his ADP, I mean, he's pick 131, RB43 off the board, uh, was a touchdown machine at the end of last year. What do you think of McKinnon? I, 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 He and Brandon Cooks were actually my number one favorite players of all time. Nice. So he was <laughs> he was the Anthony Richardson archetype before there was an Anthony Richardson. Um, but, but Jarek McKinnon has such a... I don't know. It's like playing with fireworks because to expect him to get the same TD rate and points was insane. And I bet against him last year and I failed horribly. I had him 
win me dynasty leagues and lose me redraft leagues because I didn't believe in him in redraft. But in <laughs> dynasty, I had no better option. So I just kept throwing him in the lineup and he kept winning. Oh, that's great. He's still pretty cheap. And I think a lot of people are, you know, so high on Pacheco after kind of what he, you know, did at the end of last year that I think people are kind of forgetting how good and how fast and how McKinnon can, can, you know, score fantasy points when, uh, when called upon. Um, you know, we talked about a few of these guys, but we wanted to talk a little bit about, we, we love, actually, we love to hate Merck um, on this podcast, running back Merck. Um, and there's, you know, a, a couple, uh, a couple backfields that are murky uh, coming into this season. We talked a little bit about him, but we'll run through them real quick. First, we have Miami. I mean, you talked about, you like the rookie there. It's a tough situation, right? You've got Mostert and Jeff Wilson, both guys that are not known for being healthy for, for entire seasons. And then you have a rookie there. Um, and his name is escaping right now. Uh, Devin. <laughs> I, Woo. Yeah, Thank you. Yes. Yep. Wow. Sorry about that. Um, that's what happens when you don't write anything down. It's all here. And it goes, <laughs> it goes away. But anyway, you have those three guys uh, right now. I think Mostert and Wilson have a very similar ADP. They're like in the same, within the same few picks. Um, do you, is there, I assume, or since you said earlier, you are targeting a uh, Devin there. Are you yeah. going for the other two or you're just straight up going for the late season upside? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going straight a chain and consider him a running back to or flex option in a zero running back build it with just the hope that he's going to get designed plays that get him a lot of fantasy points, uh, just sort of explosive fantasy points there. Well, as Brandon and I are both Dolphin fans, we'd love to see it. He's one of those guys <laughs> that can do everything. So yeah. uh, here's hoping he gets his pass blocking and up and, you know, McDaniel will put him in as a result. So right. All right I, next I'm hoping up, so. Oh, go, I'm sorry, He's go like ahead. their McKinnon, you could say. Actually. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but those other guys are so cheap, Jen. I might I might, I might, might have a lot of Moster. Like he's, I have you know, a little bit. I've got a little of each one of those. 153. I draft well. I drafted both of them before the uh, before the actual NFL draft, so I, I think I've I've laid off both of them since uh, since A Chain got there. But um, next backfield we'll talk about is Seattle. Once again, um, you know a little bit of Merck, but I feel like you know in that offense in that backfield they're all going to get work. So um, are you paying up for Ken Walker? I know his ADP has dipped a little bit. But he's still, you know, relatively expensive. And then, of course, you have Charbonnet. And then you also have my favorite, Kenny McIntosh, at the end of the drafts that I love to throw darts at because nobody else is drafting him. But uh, are you going for any of those guys um, in your zero RB builds? Uh, I mean, Pete Carroll just praised your guy, what, last week already? Oh, so did he really? He was gushing yeah, over him. And there's a bunch of Charbonnet drafters who thought they had a one-up on the Walker drafters and the Walker drafters are now just eating it from two different running backs. Now <laughs> that, that whole system is built for a rotation. So it's really hard for me to pick any of them. If I had to pick, it'd probably just be the cheapest one um, and just go with that and see who comes out on top at the end there. Yeah, I'm not afraid to take some Kenny McIntosh. Um, I'm not afraid for some DJ Dallas too, because you just never know. Because running backs in that system get hurt, and they, you know, they'll be on their RB four, uh, you know, in week twelve, and so you never know. Um, all right, so we've got a couple more here. We've got Buffalo. You talked about a little bit. Um, you know, I guess we don't really have to talk about it because you just talked <laughs> about that one. Um, Chicago. We do, we haven't really gone there. Um, are you targeting any of those guys? They have kind of a cluster of, of running backs as well. I I have said that Bijan Robinson would draft Roshan Johnson 101 over himself. So I'm a huge <laughs> Roshan Johnson guy. 
Okay. Um, and I bet he would back that up if I ever got him to see that tweet. So um, Roshan Johnson is to me the complete package as a running back. And I was, I, I wasn't even a David Montgomery guy. Um, and I was never a Khalil Herbert guy. And now Roshan Johnson shows up and I just, I have the, the strongest feeling that he's going to take over this backfield quickly. Um, so I feel like uh, there was a tweet actually this morning where they said Roshan Johnson's ADP keeps rising and someone tagged me in and said, it's all this guy's fault. I could tell because I keep talking about how he's my secret one-on-one in drafts over Bichon. Well, right, <laughs> right now he is running back 45 on underdog with an ADP of 141. Um, and he's, uh, that's only six spots after Khalil Herbert. And then the yeah. thing is you also have Dante Foreman, which is kind of rough. I, and I kind of drafted quite a bit of Foreman before the draft as well. So I'll probably be eating that because I don't know if there's enough there in that pie with Justin Fields to, uh, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, all right. Are we, are we moving on to who'd you rather Brandon? Are you, are you on that? Or is that a me thing? We could do who'd you I, rather. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. The sheet was not designated. I, I live and die by Br- Brandon is very thorough in his sheets. Um, as Bilal, you probably see. And, and as everybody knows, yeah. uh, Brandon is extremely thorough. He's an excellent host and he's very thorough in his sheets. Um, it's that sometimes... type A, you know, I, I panic. Yeah. I panic. A he's lot, the so. yin to my yang. See, I roll in here with no prep and I don't even no know prep. what's going on, but I'm looking right now. That and I'm like, Miami oh, running back rookie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that, listen, sometimes I no, pull names out of nowhere. See earlier, I, I said that Skylar Thompson got hurt and you guys didn't know that there's yeah. things. No, you were right. Yeah. Every now and then. And the According weird thing the is, chat. well, last week, I'm going to just pump my tires again for a second here. Last week we were talking tight ends and I threw out Tyler Croft out of nowhere and he signed the next day. Like who says that name out, you know, out of nowhere, we're talking about him and he signs the very next day. So, uh, you know, sometimes I, I I can put things in the universe. (laughs) Sometimes I can get a name right. And sometimes I don't. So I'm sorry. (laughs) Jen knows, Jen knows everything. Uh, Jen, Jen is modest and she talks about how she's not prepared, but the thing is Jen writes all day and edits all day. So Jen knows more off the top of her head than I have written down at all times. So I I do know things. I apparently could not remember the, uh, (laughs) Devin A. Chain's name, but I I got it now. I'm there. That's okay. Uh, hello. Uh, Chavi's beard has asked if you take oh, into, no. ca- into account game cancellations. Uh, reiterated <laughs> the question twice. I, it makes me wonder if there's an inside thing here. Oh, no, there's definitely. If you notice, my last name is Chami, and uh-huh. I, I shared this YouTube link with friends. So I have a feeling there is a home league loser who came in second place <laughs> who made that account just to ask that question. We had a, a home league um, where, you know, the DeMar Hamlin incident canceled the final game. Um, I had Joe Mixon and it was an IDP league. I also had, um, was it Logan Wilson was their linebacker on their team? Oh, yeah. Um, and I had uh, Tyler Bass and he had Jamar Chase and um, Joe Burrow. And at the time of the game cancellation, I was ahead. And based on projections, we were 50-50. So instead of a tie game, ESPN app gave me the win and I have the trophy engraved with the little asterisks on it that like it's a halal chami with an asterisk. So was, I had a feeling that would come up. Yeah, that was rough for, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously for tons of people around. I mean, I was in a guillotine league and we ended up, I thought we should have split the money to be honest, um, but it was the same thing. I mean, I ended up losing uh, because he was ahead going in and then I can't, I, 
definitely cannot remember who I had and who he had, but um, I think he gave me my my entry fee back. The guy who won, um, I got my ten bucks back in the guillotine league, and he took the the, the full pot. But yeah, um, that was rough. I mean, it was yeah, rough yeah. for everybody. Yeah, I didn't know what to do in the ones that I commissioned. It was it was a tough situation. Um, absolutely. Uh, Chavi's Hopefully beard. One just, that we never see again. Yeah. Yes. Chavi's beard just put a whole bunch of asterisks in the, in the chat. <laughs> that's, that's that's a yep. ton of fun. Sounds like I uh, figured out who that guy is. <laughs> yeah, somebody who probably doesn't know you at all. That's yeah. my guess. Um, uh, Mr. Scampers, thanks for joining us. Uh, Tariq Cohen, I'm glad you brought up his name. The Human Joystick and C A and T's finest. I love it. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing up Tariq Cohen. And thanks for listening. Uh, let's play Who'd You Rather because I love Who'd You Rather. Uh, I went zero running back edition. I basically took two running backs that are going around the same time, players that might be targets in zero running back league, and wanted to ask, which one do you prefer? So I'll ask both of you. I'll start with Hillel. Uh, in the fifth round, if you're going fifth round for your first running back, are you? Uh, do you prefer Miles Sanders or Aaron Jones? I'm a Miles Sanders guy, actually. I think that Aaron Jones is going to be looking out for Aaron Jones this year, not for the team. And I think Miles Sanders is in a prove-it year um, for himself and has already stated as much, whereas before on the Eagles, he was saying, don't draft me in fantasy football. And now he's <laughs> over here saying, I want to be a three-down back. I want to catch the passes. I want to run the ball. And I think that Aaron Jones has much better competition than Miles Sanders does right now, just to start. Jen, what do you think? While it does not make for great podcast, I agree um, with Halal. I'm going Sanders. I think Sanders, I think he's going to kind of be the the security blanket, go to whatever for Bryce Young um, in that passing game. He doesn't have Gainwell, you know, to compete with. So I think he's going to get more, more volume. I will say that Aaron Jones could end up in the same position for Jordan Love. Um, but there, like he said, there's more competition for targets uh, in Green Bay. So I go Sanders. I, uh, I like Sanders too. I'm very interested in this Carolina offense because we don't know what it's going to look like. No. Like we can project like what rookies have done, what Dalton has done, what Frank Reich has done, what DJ Chark and Adam Thielen have done, what Miles said. But we don't know that all these pieces together, it's all new. It's like a whole new team in Carolina. It cracks me up. It's really, really hard to figure that out. Uh, seventh round, uh, I want to ask about both these players in general uh, because I think they're very interesting in fantasy based on uh, – based on value, based on how people perceive them, based on other options on the team. So in the seventh round, are you going after James Conner or Cam Akers? And Jen, you don't get to groan at this. I know you're not a Cam Akers person. Uh, Halal, which one do you prefer between the two of them? I uh, I circled Cam Akers, but I was really 50-50, uh, to be honest. I just, I think I picked the Rams over the Cardinals in the end is what is what swayed me. Um, I, I think the Cardinals have a lot of potential, but but they're not going to be consistent uh, with the new coaching, the new scheme, whatever they're up to this year. Whereas the Rams, I think, may have a little bit more consistency and bounce back. And Akers should be more healthy than he's ever been, honestly, at this point. Uh, Jen, do I dare ask? I mean, you know the answer to that question. <laughs> I, I, and, and the thing is, it's not that I love James Conner. I just want... I, uh, Acres is just, I'm not drafting him. Uh, it's just not <laughs> happening. I, I can't, uh, I cannot justify. And it's not even just like him. I just, since Todd Gurley, I, there's just no running back in that offense that you're going to sell me on. So um, I'm going to go Connor, but the truth of the matter is I don't really draft either. Um, you know, depending on the situation, I think I may have a share or two of James Connor along the way, but uh, yeah, Connor. I'm curious who James Conner's backup is going to be because I feel like that's the guy I'm going to draft a lot yeah. of when it when it gets up to this. That's where my mind was going was if I draft Conner, I'm taking I'm thinking Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram, but, yeah. 
if I take Acres, who is it? Sean Tucker, they took. I mean, uh, no, it was, uh, it was what's his name? Zach yeah, Evans. Yeah. Zach Evans. Sorry. Wait, yeah, yeah. There it is. Got it. I know things. Look at Jen. Jen knows what. <laughs> yeah. Jen knows what she's talking about. Uh, you, you you mentioned Sean Tucker. That I, I'm curious about him. Undrafted free agent. Obviously, uh, day two prospect. I think most people agreed he was a day two prospect. Had some medical issues. Tampa picks him up. Rashad White. We all like Rashad White. But outside of Rashad White, not much there. Is Sean Tucker kind of a a, a best ball stab? Someone you might like, kind of take a take a stab at late in drafts. Yeah, I would feel much more comfortable with him in best ball than having to trust him on a bench and redraft and not knowing when to start him. But I mean, if if he's medically sound, he's a good NFL player. He's going to do just fine. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested in that guy. Um, so, and then Cam Akers, Jen, is there a value where you like him? Because I kind of like him. He's cheap. And I think he's going to get touches. He was pretty good at the end of last year. Like, is there a point? Like, if, if, if we paid you to draft Cam Akers, would would you draft him? I mean, he's not that cheap, Brandon. <laughs> he's, he's pretty cheap. He's for- rounder. That's not cheap to me for Cam Akers. No. Yeah. I'll take him if he's in double digits. Put it that way. Double, di- double digits double is digits, right. a tipping point. We got I our price. Cam Akers, yeah. But seventh <laughs> round, no. Yeah. That's that's the tipping point. I like it. Shout out Tears for Fears, who uh, is still making music and has a great song called The Tipping Point that came out in the last couple of years. Just uh, yes, yes, I'm over 40 and I'm touting Tears for Fears in 2023. Come at me. I have no problem with that at all. Uh, let's go to the ninth round. The ninth round we're talking about, guys. We already mentioned Zach Charbonnet a little bit here, but uh, I'm looking at Zach Charbonnet or Alexander Madison. Uh, Madison obviously has some built-in interest going on uh, with, with some extracurricular news items happening around Dalvin cook, but hello, which one of those two would you be targeting in the ninth round? I, to go against everything I said earlier, actually had Charbonnet there over Madison. Oh. I, I wasn't going for the, the home run that Dalvin cook was injured or traded. I went with Charbonnet because I do think that his skill set fits that offense and I could start him like really week one and a half points on the board. Whereas Madison, I have no guarantee of starting until later in the season. I, I, interesting. I, I'm, I'm curious how, how this whole Minnesota situation uh, plays out. But I, I kind of feel, I kind of feel the same way. It sounds like you do that. It's, it's going to be what it looks like it's going to be. And Charbonnet seems like he's going to have a bigger, more consistent role. Jen, what do you think? Yeah, I'm Charbonnet as well. I, I mean, I don't mind drafting Madison, and I will. But uh, if I'm deciding between the two and I'm on the clock, I'm going to go with Charbonnet. I just think there's more. I mean, basically what Halal said, he's going to have a role from the start and Madison might have to sit for, you know, if Dalvin Cook, if everything works out where he's on the team, all is good and he's healthy, Madison's not going to, you know, score fantasy points and you're going to have him. If it's redraft, he's sitting on your bench for 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. Um, Charbonnet has a chance to, you know, produce right away. I'm I'm curious. Um, Dalvin Cook, you get trade rumors. Austin Eckler, you get trade rumors. All this stuff is going on. Who's trading for running backs? Is this just I right? It, it just seems <laughs> like we keep hearing about these things. I never see the trade go through. Is that just me, Halal, or is that a real thing? No, I think that the 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 leakers are the running backs agent themselves, <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, man, he's about to go." That's like the dude hitting you up in your dynasty league. Like, hey, man, I got like three offers in my inbox, but I wanted you to get a special deal right now. <laughs> and that ends up on a tweet. 
So, I agree. I, I yeah. it, it just see, especially with those contracts, right? Like Eckler's about to get paid and Cook got paid already. So it just doesn't seem like there's that market there. We'll hear that Alvin Kamara's on the trade block uh next. That'll be the next one that people exactly. uh, well, people are sure he, he's gonna be gone. <laughs> he may be he may be on the sidelines anyway. Uh Davis Williamson said that uh they forgot that they were in the middle of a best ball draft, remembered and grabbed Joe Mixon with pick 69. Uh Jen, Joe Mixon at pick 69, is that about right? I mean, that's a good price for him. I just you know how I feel about Mixon. I just it's really it's difficult for me to draft him, but at that point, he's a steal because yeah. if he you know, we don't know whether he's going to miss any time or not. If he doesn't, then that's I mean, it's a steal. Hilal is mixing a sneaky zero running back target if he's lasting that long. If he's that far down, definitely. I think he'd be like running back 12 right now if I like did the projections right now in, in a half or full PPR league. I mean, look at who he's competing against and Samaj P. Ryan left. I mean, he was an overcompetent uh, backup running back and he does not have that as competition anymore. I like that. I like that. Uh, Mr. Scampers, you and I, Cam Akers Island. I'm just saying, you and I. <laughs> Mr. Scampers and I. Uh, that's all I've got. Hello, is there... Coladas. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, is there anyone you uh, that we didn't talk about that you maybe wanted to bring up? Hmm. If not, that's okay. Yeah, no, I don't think I have anyone. I think we touched on all. I went down the whole list, remember? So, I mean, I did everything a, I, I have. I have someone to throw out there to get your opinion on. Yeah. How are you, fe- how are you feeling about Jalen Warren? I know I, we talked about Najee a little bit earlier. I mean, he's someone that, you know, last year was kind of a, for me at least, I threw a ton of of best ball darts at him in, in the last, you know, round or two, but he's a little more expensive this year. Cause people kind of, you know, learned about him. Um, I don't know what his actual ADP is, but I'm looking at an old draft of mine here where uh, he was in the 14th, but is he someone you're targeting? I don't think so. I think okay. Najee's the, the back to own there at his current value. Um, Jalen Warren would be like a kind of a shot in the dark handcuff right. option. Whereas okay. I think Najee's healthier this year and good to go um, than he was last year. That Liz Frank injury blurb had me not drafting Najee at all last year. And right. I drafted him high the year before, um, just for volume alone. I knew he was a bad pick for offensive line play and schedule and didn't care. I, I, I like Terrace Lester. I'll draft him a lot this year, too. I, I'm, I'm kind of buying the Steelers. I'm kind of buying him. I'm kind of buying George Pickens. i kind of buying Fryermuth. I, I kind of like the Steelers. If up. you they're look all, up, like, they're all Kenny affordable. Pickett, yeah, he did well towards the end of the year. Yep. Um, and he's got a good team he's got a good supporting cast around him um so if, if he can, yeah exactly yeah i like it i like and if it. he okay. can do it bryce young can do it just saying <laughs> last year was tiny hands this year it's tiny man so. panthers playoffs i'll tell you that division's wide open man panthers could do it panthers that could absolutely true. do it although wow. i did see a blurb that said uh they are also in contention for the worst record in the league hey, easy easy no <laughs> we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna entertain those thoughts that's <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm just going to leave us uh, quickly. This is not related to football, but I need all of um, everyone's thoughts and prayers and hopes and dreams that the Blazers land the first pick overall in the draft this week. The lottery is this week. We need the Blazers to land the first pick. I want everyone to hope for it, even if it affects your favorite team. I don't care. I want my favorite team is in the playoffs. So my favorite team is about about to play the Lakers here for the next series. Probably about to win the finals. I hope so. Yeah. But it's about time. But it's about time. I love it. Uh, but uh, listeners, thank you so much for for joining us today. Uh, go follow Halal on Twitter at HJChami, one of my favorite people, one of my favorite followers on Twitter. Halal, thank you for joining us. Do you have any final thoughts or plugs before we go? 
playerprofiler.com and fantasyfootballking.com, two places that I contribute to. Excellent. Check all that stuff out. Thank you, Jen. Always a pleasure. Uh, listeners, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Jenny NFL and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks for checking us out. Have a good day.